You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we got special guests sharing transparent and vulnerable moments. I got no other than my good friend, <laughs> Mrs. Jamie K. Tindall on the podcast. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jovi. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. We are live from North Carolina, Durham. Bull City, to be exact. Listen to y'all do a little thing. Well, I can't with my... Um, we got wine, too, y'all. <laughs> so, no, none of my friends are alcoholics. We just like drinking wine. <laughs> just a little PSA for anybody who's out there judging us. Judge um, away. So, Jamie? Tell the people about yourself, where you from, all that good jazz, and what you want them to know about you. My name is Jamie Tyndall, of course. Um, I'm from Spring Lake, North Carolina, which is a small town right outside of Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, I currently live in Durham. Also work uh, with a nonprofit as a corporate and engagement specialist, uh, working with special projects in corporate companies. I'm very involved in my community, and I met Jovan. When we were at Winston Salem State University. First of all, you don't never call me by my real name. Jovan. <laughs> don't get brand new because we on camera. <laughs> Jovan J. Palmer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, continue. I won't cut you off again. Um, I think that's it. That's it. Okay. So, we've known each other for... This is my 10-year graduation. So, did we meet my first Kane and Winston? Like I don't a, think a so. A semester after, or was it the second, my second year? It might have been the second year. Yeah, because my first year I didn't do work study. I met y'all during work study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was, quote, unquote, the angry kid. I wasn't that angry. Y'all was just mad loud. You just look real angry and mad at the world, Joby. I was, I was just tired. And then y'all just come in there <laughs> and disrupt my peace because it would just be myself in there working, Mr. Howard and Candace. And sometimes she leave when she was in there, when she's not working, doing something else. Mm-hmm. So and then y'all come up there and visit Shalee. And I'm like, what's all this action going on? <laughs> and I was like, why? I was like, you was jealous. I wasn't jealous. I was just like confused <laughs> at like why all the action was up there and never come to the back. Mm, okay. And then y'all use me for my print services. <laughs> so it was like. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like we're for damn. We had a lot going on. A whole lot. So <laughs> yeah, you was very but, beneficial to that. See, I was so it was used. only it was only right that you got involved with us. So Jamie, I'm asked a lot of pure personal questions. Don't you do it? That felt the coming. Um, so let's talk about childhood. Let's talk about little Jamie. Little Jamie. <laughs> I remember seeing a picture. It was so cute. <laughs> I I've always been cute. I didn't say you um, wasn't. I just said your baby picture was cute. The yeah. one I saw. Oh, my God. It's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> so go ahead. Let's talk about little baby Jamie. So Spring Lake. Because you wait. You wait. Because you have roots in Jersey. Yes. So are you, at any point in your life, did you live in Jersey? Um, when I was a baby, I stayed there briefly with my mom. So you were born, literally born in Spring Lake. 
No, so I was born in Philadelphia, and then um, I moved to North Carolina with Spring Lake with my mom because her brother was stationed at Fort Bragg Army Base. Mm -hmm. So that's what brought her down to North Carolina. Okay, so let's talk Philadelphia for a little bit of what you can recall. What was it like? So how long were you in Philadelphia? Till I was like three. So you don't recall anything from Mm -mm. Philadelphia. Okay, so we're going to fast forward then. Mm-hmm. To Spring Lake, what was outside of your brother, your uncle being stationed down there? What brought y'all down there outside of that? That was it. Oh. Mhm. Because my mom and my brother, um, and her brother, they they didn't grow up together. Mm-hmm. They actually grew up with different um, family members, and so, and I could just only assume this that my mom just kind of wanted to be closer to him at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So they had. They were together when they were really young, and then they were placed with different family members, so they were separated for a long period of time. And so then him being stationed at Fort Bragg, that just kind of brought her down here. Oh. Mm-hmm. So them being apart, was it more so like just they never got a chance to see each other or just raised differently? Um, I don't really know all the details about that. Um, I do know that my mom grew up with um, my great aunt in New Mm. Jersey. Um, And so she was living there, and I'm not exactly sure where my uncle was. Gotcha. Okay. So what was it like growing up in Spring Lake? Mm, I I seem to have a ball. (laughs) (laughs) From what I can recall. Okay. um, It was... Me and my, um, well, I have a younger brother, and for a while, of course, it was me, well, not that long, but then my younger brother came around, so mm. me and him were raised together, and then my older sister, she came to live with us when, I guess I was in about middle school, mm-hmm. but I was always involved with, like, after school activities, so, like, it was lit for me when I was a kid, like... <laughs> I mean, I was, I always got good grades. Like, mm-hmm. I was always trying to get perfect attendance in school. Like, I was always getting awards and stuff. And so, I just always stayed busy. And so, if I wasn't at home, I was at practice and, or I was at a competition or something. So, competition for what? Um, I was on the step team. That makes sense. So, I started when I was in third grade. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how it really got started. It was it was in the gym class or whatever, and then I just it just stuck with me through high school. Hmm. So you've always been involved in something. Just that that was it. I don't want you to think I was no athlete or nothing. I'm not more <laughs> athlete. I'm like because when I met you, you were of course in CLMC, mm-hmm. and you were the president. You were everyone's forever president, even though I feel like I did a better job <laughs> when you left. But we're not talking about that. I'm very biased. Jamie, <laughs> you just gotta admit I did a better job. Well, Jeff, I don't really you just, like you were a president, but I don't really remember like your term because by that time I was gone, so I don't really remember. You just, probably you probably was good, but just good. I just I don't not re- better. I don't remember. <laughs> you could have been better. But I don't really. I doubt it because you're more organized than me. <laughs> you're entirely too more organized. So. Growing up, mom, brother, sister, mm-hmm. what was it like? Mm. Any challenges, anything like, like you can recall, like we date back in your childhood and you think about like, like you, your mom and sister, like any challenges that y'all faced growing up? 
Um, I'm sure there were, but I was not aware of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I do know that my mom and my sister would get into it a lot as like she got older, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> it didn't really affect me. And so I just didn't really pay attention to it. Um, and I don't think it was, it was nothing that I really recognized that was like something that was like really impactful for me. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I wasn't in the house. Like I would go to school, I would be at practice, come home, homework and go to sleep. And so if anything, I probably wasn't fully aware of what was going on mm-hmm. at home. Um, and so it just, it seemed pretty fine to me then. So, so you always been like very active person as far as like volunteering and like what made you want to get into like so heavily and become like a volunteer? It was probably, I don't know if this was middle school or high school. It might've been around high school. So me and my friends, like we literally like we all came up on the step team together. So mm-hmm. from middle school on up to high school, a lot of those same friends, like we were all still on the same teams. And <clears throat> one of my friend's mom, she started a nonprofit organization mm-hmm. and she wanted a way for teens in the community to be involved. Yeah. And so when we would leave step practice, we would go there. And it was like, um, the organization was Teens Do Care. And we were doing like fashion shows and modeling and just doing activities or whatever. And I didn't really understand the concept of what she was doing until I got older. Mm -hmm. But it just gave us more things to do. And those same, a lot of the same people that I was on the step team with, we were also involved in that group as well. So that's just, I I think that's just kind of where it evolved from. Mm Um, because I didn't really get the concept until I got to college and then started getting involved with CMMC and we started doing oh. things. And then it, it started making <clears throat> sense and it clicked. Okay. Then. So. Because it wasn't nothing that, like, that my family pushed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, my mom, she would usually, her schedule, like, she worked at nights. So usually when I'm getting ready for school and stuff, getting my brother ready, mm-hmm. then she would be coming home shortly after we left. So she would be sleep during the day, getting ready for work at night. So mm-hmm. this was just something that like, we just, just got involved in. Hmm. It's so like what, just jumping into it though. Like, is that something like when you first got into it, it was like, yo, I, this is something I like, something I don't like, or I gotta get a better feel for it. Uh, that wasn't it. Um, it was just, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Like we were doing, we were practicing for fashion shows to have fashion shows. We didn't do like a lot of other activities, like community service in the community or do like a street cleanup or mm-hmm. something like that. It was just a way for us to have something to do. Cause Spring Lake is a real small town. Like we had a Walmart for a very long time. Like that was the biggest thing that we had in that town, even though the army base is there, like uh-huh. it was not a lot in Spring Lake. I mean, they're growing a little bit, but they're still not in a place where they have like these giant stores or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it was really nothing to do. And it's like, even like the city bus doesn't even go down there. So it's like people have to figure out how they're gonna get to the next big city, which is Fayetteville, which is not far away, but like it's a small town. So- They don't have no city transportation. 
No. Like even to this day. To this day, like they like. So you gotta have a car. You have to like. I think they had, and I say had in the past because I think they recently stopped this. Like they had like a shuttle service or something, mm-hmm. but I I think they canceled that. But I'm not completely sure. But there's no like public transportation that goes to Spring Lake. So it's like, it's a small town. So it's not nothing for kids to do. Like, it's barely anything for adults to do. So So you think that's why your mom kept you busy? <clears throat> well, she didn't really keep me busy. I kept myself busy because I, I got myself involved in these activities or whatever. You was a whole grown-up as a kid. And <laughs> You know, I think about that a lot now. Like, as I'm a grown-up. You might be Matilda. <laughs> Cause I had to get my brother ready for school. I had to get because your mom was working nights. Yeah, so I had so, to get him to the bus stop. <laughs> so at nights, how old were you when your mom working nights? Mm. I was probably in elementary school because we used to walk to school. Oh, you used to be grown up for real. That's why you're so responsible. <laughs> it makes sense now. <laughs> no, because I feel like yeah. out of all of us, you're like the most organized. And like you're like t- number one, number two ish, like response. Right, number one. You are number one responsible. I'm thinking about everybody. <laughs> you are number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense now. Mm-hmm. I, I think about that as I've like also why I've been doing kind of like this healing journey, this inside uh-huh. healing journey on out. Like I can't wait to I talk was, about that. I was so really excited. like for real, for real, like a, a little adult because I, I literally had to get my brother ready for school, mm-hmm. get him to the bus stop, had to get myself ready for school, go to the bus stop. And I and I also think about the responsibilities that I had at a young age, mm-hmm. which is a lot for a little kid. What were kid. some of them? Like, with just making sure that my brother got to school. Like, I just felt, I felt you like that. You mortgage too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. <laughs> got a check. <laughs> but no, just, just like getting him ready for school uh-huh. and stuff, that was... That was mainly the task, and then just get home. Okay. But you know, like, cause literally, like, I was a latchkey kid. Like, me coming home, making sure ain't let nobody in the house. Like, Wait, like, a latchkey? Like I never heard. I knew, I've you heard, heard of it. That? I've heard of it. I, I never really knew what a latchkey key kid was. Mm-hmm. Like, so explain it to me real quick. So, well, in in my definition, so me, my mom, she worked at night, so she was sleeping during the day. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like she was there to greet me when I came home for school yeah. or whatever. So, but. I had a key to get to the house. Like, even if she, if if her work schedule would have changed, like, that's how we get in the house. I have the key, because I'll get home before my brother, or my brother may have a key, but to get in the house. But usually there's not a, an adult at the house or someone so to, that's like, a latch key key. to, like, supervise me. Yeah. In a sense, but when I got home, I did my homework very reluctantly. But I, I did my homework. You made was sure real my, responsible. Made sure my brother did his homework, so. Huh. Yeah. You was a whole adult at two. <laughs> it came up. At two. President Kendall. So do you feel like that put a strain on you and your mom's relationship? Because <clears throat> sometimes, like, when kids feel like they got to be the parent, we've had this conversation plenty of times. We feel like we got to be the parent sometimes. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like that may have put a strain on, like, how you view your mom or how you view, like, the way she parent? Or just, like, you realize she just had to do what she had to do? I've had a lot of those thoughts like mm. over the years. Um, but <clears throat> I think most recently I've I've come to the realization that my 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 mom did the best that she could do with what mm-hmm. she had. Like yeah. because 
I also learned that my mom, she she didn't grow up with her mom. Mm. She grew up with family members. She didn't even grow up with her dad. And so, like, her mom wasn't there to teach her stuff. So it was oftentimes when I was growing up that I wish, like, things that my friends would tell me that their parents did that my mom would have told me. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, I realized that, well, she didn't have a mom there to right. teach her these things. And so and she may have had, like, these other adults in her life, but it may not have been as receptive because it's like you have a different relationship with, like, your mom or dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it may come off different from a different adult, but she didn't have that parent. And I and I just recently learned this, mm-hmm. like, within the last year and a half ago. Oh, word. Year, uh, yeah. And so I didn't know that until recently, um, which made a lot of questions and things that I had in my mind make mm-hmm. more sense. Yeah. Um, because now I'm like, okay, she is definitely human. Like, she is a person too. And like, I think sometimes we forget to give our parents grace because we forget that they are people too. And mm-hmm. they've gone through their own like traumas or things and they don't, they didn't have the resources that we have. So right. it's like them trying to communicate now. It's like pulling teeth because it's like, they don't understand like that you could talk about it like it's okay mm-hmm. but a lot of people have been taught to just like just keep it to yourself that makes sense so you this latchkey kid i really i'm 34 years old just <laughs> figured out i've heard it so many times mm-hmm. and i don't think i've ever questioned like Yo, what is a latchkey kid or like want to look up what a latchkey kid was mm-hmm. so you're coming home every day Doing your homework, there's a lot of responsibility. You have to make yourself do your own homework. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I was pretty good. Like, I, no, I, I bet you were. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think like by the time I got to like high school, I was like over it. Like, <laughs> I was just doing enough to stay on the step team, really. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your motivation. <laughs> yes, that was my motivation. But when I was in like elementary school, uh-huh. I was like, I was all with school and all that other stuff. So, but yeah. Okay, so. What were the challenges of, like, in a sense, raising your brother? Because y'all are super close. I wouldn't say that we are super close. I feel like we've gotten closer over the years. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't know if there were any challenges. Well, okay, I'll take that back. I do think because, like, I was always, like, out at practice or, mm-hmm. like, gone. I think that was a challenge. And... I think when my sister had my oldest niece, that was probably a challenge for my brother. Mm. So I don't necessarily think it was a lot of challenges with us, Mm -hmm. but I think it might've been like when a new baby came into the house. So it was like when the new new baby came into the house, what was like the atmosphere like? You know what? (laughs) Was like, did your brother get a kid out of here? in middle school so i i didn't know what an auntie was like i just knew that this new baby was here like (laughs) i didn't know i didn't know what i was supposed to do Uh i was supposed to have responsibilities like i mean i would watch her sometimes but i didn't really understand what it was Mm -hmm. but i think and i haven't talked to my brother a lot about this um but i do think that that probably was like difficult for him because he was still young yeah and then this new child is in the house who is now getting the attention that mm-hmm. he would have gotten. I I would think that would have been hard for him, but 
I don't think it was, I didn't really know what to do. Like, cause I mean, she wasn't like my sister, right. she was my aunt, my niece. So I'm like, I didn't really know what to do, but I do feel like she was always with us. Like if my mom took us somewhere, mm-hmm. it was like me, my brother and my niece. Like we was always together. And it's so funny cause we have like pictures, well recently that have kind of resurfaced. Like when my grandfather passed away, like he had um, pictures that we sent him. And a lot of the pictures of us younger, my niece was in there. Like she looked like she was our sister, like (laughs) in the pictures. What's the age difference between your brother and your niece? Mm, Maybe 10 years. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe. Okay. No, it might be like eight or nine years. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, in a sense, like that's like your. So, do they? Does your niece call you like auntie now, or does she call you mm-hmm. Jamie? She called me auntie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think. Um, yeah, with me and my brother, I don't think there was like a lot of things. Cause, cause mind you, like I wasn't in the house a lot. Like after mm-hmm. school, like once I was doing step team, which was generally like year round, cause like we were always going to competitions and doing things. So I was always busy doing something. So you've been busy your whole life, Jamie. <laughs> your whole <laughs> life you've been busy. Now that you say that, yes. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like you, cause I was like ah. I don't really know how I met you for real, for real. You, and this is like for real busy. Like I ain't looking busy. No, like, I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing we looking busy. <laughs> Every time I'm working a bit, that's the first that popped my head. Like, am I busy for real or am I looking busy? All right. <laughs> can that can? I'm walking fast. When you walk fast, that's, people that's, look busy. Yep. <laughs> so you've been pretty much been busy your whole life, mm-hmm. and. Do you feel as if you've never slowed down? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and you feel like you have or you haven't? Um, I feel like I've I've done it both ways. Like I do feel like I have slowed down. Mm-hmm. Um and I do I do kinda appreciate the pandemic for that. Okay. I really do appreciate the pandemic for that. I mean, I know everybody got love, hate, relationship with the time, but I really do appreciate it because sometimes I feel like like I'm obligated to be places or I mm. feel like I always have to be doing something. But I'm like, look, if I don't want to do something or if I'm just tired, I'm just not going to do it. Now, what got you to this space? Because in college, well, I kind of want to go back to our college days first before I ask this question. Okay. So I'm going to come back to this question. So... College. Shout out to WSSU, the best HBCU out there. Woo, 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 woo. Ran proud all day, every day. We don't got a hand thing. We do. What no. is it? When did that come about? Cause I don't Joey, remember I was, seeing that. I wasn't there when this See, that was after us. Yeah. That don't count. <laughs> it wasn't nothing there while we was there. What? So, what made you choose Winston? Or did Winston choose you? I would say Winston chose me. So when I was in middle school or high school, mm-hmm. so like you said, I have always been busy. Yep. And people have always like put me in like programs and things like that. When I wasn't doing step team, I was in upper bound. Well, no, I started off in talent, educational talent search. What's that? Um, it's kind of like, oh, it's a weekend program and they do like tutoring and 
they offer tutoring services and then like at the end like they take you um on a trip or something Mm -hmm. um it was through Fayetteville state and so um they had kids from different schools part of this program and we would do tutoring and they would also like teach us have lessons to teach us like Mm -hmm. about science and math and things like that so i was in educational talent search and then i ended up going to upper bound which is like a step up from educational talent search but in the summertime we get to stay on campus um, at Fayetteville State for I don't remember how long it was but we got to stay on campus um, for that time Mm -hmm. and so um, just kind of being in that like that was also another way that I was busy Like now that you say that, I'm Episode like, yeah, title's gonna be I busy. have been busy. <laughs> the busy life of Jamie for years. <laughs> All my life. <laughs> I'm definitely yeah. See, you've been busy. I have, yeah. That is that's crazy that you say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to help people realize stuff. Oh, thank you. I Just like you always help me realize stuff. <laughs> Listen, y'all ever need a good friend to talk to? Jamie's it. I call Jamie all the time <laughs> to get like sound advice about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think even in college, oh, you were one of the ones that got me together. I believe it. I think, because I think you might have been in the office when they had showed my grades, when Candace had showed my grades at Chile. Were you in there? I don't remember. Oh, I mean, I was the most embarrassing moment of my life. I don't remember that. You went in there, but I, I could have been, but I, I don't. I don't recall it. If you ever need a good friend, Jamie's it. Thanks, Joey. Now, if it's fire, Jamie's it. If you ever murder somebody, call Jamie. Oh, what? <laughs> you engine. <laughs> they, they ask no questions until after. That's I it. might fuss a little bit yep. in between. Why are we doing this? It's the whole in friendship. The whole in friendship. So, in college, and then you say you've been busy again through Mm -hmm. high school, through Upper Bound, Mm -hmm. and you're in this program, and you're going on this journey of Winston finding you. Mm -hmm. So, continue. So, in Educational Talent Search and Upper Bound, uh, we would do college tours, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't... I didn't necessarily want to go to Fayetteville State because I wanted to get away from home because I had been doing these programs and I just wanted to get away from home. Like, Mm -hmm. small town, I was like, it got to be more out there. And so I never really had Winston-Salem State as, like, my top choice. But for some reason, I wanted to go on a a tour. Like, not many people had talked about Winston-Salem State to me. Mm -hmm. And later I learned that a lot of my family grew up in Winston and a lot really? of them went to the teacher's college. So, and I didn't find that out until after I started going to Winston, but it was just something that just kept urging me. Like I wanted to go, like that was really the only school I wanted to go to. And I, nobody had ever told me anything about it. I mm-hmm. think my science teacher might've mentioned that she went there, but I didn't really know a lot about it. But I kept asking them if we could go on a tour there, and we finally went, and I was just like, that was like the best tour of my life, and I wanted to, I wanted to go there. And so, of course, they had like open house where they had like the football game going on, mm-hmm. and they have like the band and stuff playing early in the day. But after that, I was sold. I was like, I wanna go. This is the place that I wanna be. 
I didn't know anybody that was going there yeah. until, but then I, I later did find out that a few of my friends were going there. But I was like, this is where I wanted to go. So even without knowing that friends are going there, you still wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I was scared. I oh, was you like, had to be. I was scared. I was like, <laughs> I was like, did I really want to go? Like, is this where I really want to go? But I was like, yeah, because. And it's not like like my mom didn't. I wouldn't say she pushed me to go to college, but mm-hmm. because of the programs I was in, like that's what they it they were pushing. Sense, yeah. For, yeah, they was pushing us for to choose colleges, and it just made sense to mm-hmm. go. So that's where I wanted to go. Like I got accepted into a few other schools, but that's not what I wanted to do. That's not where I wanted to go. So what was it about Winston that said, "This is it." It was just after that tour, like I just had such a great time. I liked the campus. It was just, it wasn't as big as a lot of schools that we visited. It was just, that's just the place I wanted to go. Winston really wasn't that big. Mm-mm. It's like the perfect size campus. Because, and then when I toured, like of course, like um, oh, Foundation wasn't, yeah, there. wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Gleason wasn't there during the time that I think really? they started building it like maybe the year before I got there because when I got there my freshman year it was up so I don't think when I went on that tour it was there I can't remember though I'm not completely sure oh uh. but it was of course it wasn't a lot of buildings that were you got to Winston oh five, five? Mm-hmm. okay dang I ain't come to oh seven mm-hmm. okay continue mm-hmm. so yeah it was I just had such a great time. I was like, this, this is where I want to go. Mm-hmm. It was like nobody convinced me. Like I was just like, the energy that I felt, I was like, this is where I want to be. That's dope. I think it was, was it different for me? No, I think it was the same thing with me, though. I went on a college. I didn't get into Winston my first try. Mm-hmm. So I took the SAT and. Look, I barely got in. I was like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus on the main line, you was working with me. Liz, like, your grades are fine, the SAT score won't qualify you to get in. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you can go take it again. I said, I'm not taking it again. Mm-hmm. I said, what's my other options? She said, you can do community college. I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do that and transfer in. But I didn't realize, like, the whole, that was, that was the end of our conversation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that when you transfer, you make sure that you had a school that, like, pulls everything over. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. So, what was it like at Winston? So, of course, I, I know from a, my perspective, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but what is it like from your perspective, especially from like 05 to 07 when I didn't know you? Mm-hmm. I had a great time. Like, my freshman year, I partied from Thursday to Saturday. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I partied from Thursday to Saturday. Um, yeah, it was it was I was not involved in a lot of things on campus my freshman year. Really? Yeah, I didn't get involved into anything until well, we started a step team mm-hmm. my freshman year, and but I wasn't involved in any clubs or anything. Well, no. Mm-mm. I'd have thought that was like the first thing you did when you got to Winston. Mm-mm. We was partying up like <laughs> we was out. We was hanging out. <laughs> Ain't no way. Well, I mean, we did hang though, so I can, <laughs> I can see it. The first year, yeah, mm-hmm. I was not involved in a lot, but I mean, we was definitely at all the gym jams. We was at all the stuff, all the yeah. party stuff, and 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Living our best lives with them refund checks. So how are you functioning partying Thursday through? Because, of course, there's still class Thursday and mm-hmm. Friday. Mm-hmm. How are you functioning? Because I know for me, it was a struggle. Well, Jovi, I did fail a class that year. You failed a class? I sure did. Ain't no way, Jamie. I had I eight o'clock class it. on Friday. Oh, yeah. Woo, Jesus. Mm-mm. That was rough. Biology. Ooh, Jamie. <laughs> You should know better. But I did know because, like, many people think because they get up for 7 o'clock for high school, it's fine. Just you go because you're on somebody else's time. Right. But I wasn't thinking about that. It's true. And I never really, like, I may have hung out a few times, like, when I was in high school, but mm-hmm. I ain't never really party like that, like, for real, for real. So, yeah, yeah that that definitely did happen. <laughs> I had to take that class over Did they put your academic probation? No, like I was, I was in good standing, but oh. I failed that class, <laughs> and Dang. I just had to, I had to retake it in the summertime. I guess I was the only person who had a really bad freshman year experience at Winston. Yeah, most of my <clears> classes <throat> were, and also because, so I started off as an elementary education major, so <clears throat> I think all of my classes were a breeze. Why did you change from teaching? So the summer before my senior year. I took the practice for the second time and missed mm-hmm. it by one point. I had taken all the classes that I needed, and I couldn't take, and I couldn't take the four thousand level classes until I passed the practice. Right. So at that point, I was over school. Like I was like, I'm tired of being here. So I switched my major and my minor, and I was able to. I think I only needed like four, three or four classes mm-hmm. with that, and so that's why I switched it. That's why I was there the extra semester. Because I missed it by one point, and I was like, I am over school at this point. I just want to be done. That's just one point, though. Right, but they would not let me into the program until I passed the practice. I feel you could have passed it again. I wasn't taking it again. I was over it. <laughs> like I, I had literally taken it like two or three times. Mm-hmm. I was, I was done. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. So, you went to this really dope thing. Well, no, let's stay on school a little bit. So, starting organizations, because you started CLMC, didn't you? I did not. It was already started before I got in there. So, Shalee had already started it, and Coco and Kanet was already working with her, and Strawberry was already, like, working with her to mm-hmm. do some things. And I think Ray was as well. So, it was not an actual club. It was just the marketing committee for yeah. um, Campus Life. And so... I'm not exactly sure how I got involved. I think they were in the breezeway talking about it or whatever. And then that's just kind of how we got involved. And then the following year is when we became an actual organization. Right. So as an actual organization, because you were president for how many, what, two years? Mm Mm-hmm. So what was it like leading people among who were your peers? Like leading among your peers? I never thought that I would be doing nothing like that. <laughs> never, ever. Known. Like, never. And it was like, it was a marketing committee. So we was like promoting all the events on campus. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that I never like even considered or thought I would be doing. And so, but we had so much fun doing these things. Like, I was like, well, why not? But also in that, like, Shalee was always, like, encouraging me and, like, putting me in the right positions. Like, she was confident in my ability, and so was Mr. Howard. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, that's all I needed. And then I just kind of winged the rest of it because I didn't really know. (laughs) 
what to do then. <laughs> but we, we figured it out because, like, that was the first year. So, of mm-hmm. course, like, everything was new when we were figuring it out. Yeah. And so just kind of having all y'all there, like, and we were having fun with it. Like, it was awesome. So what were the challenges? I know some challenges because I gave I was one of a few year headaches of leading. Always. What? Always. <laughs> you were always a headache, Joby. I wouldn't say always. Jovan, yes. I got to think that. The Jovi that you are now, you were not this Jovi before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I would say trouble, so I think I was worsome than more troublesome. I don't think I caused any trouble. Okay, we'll go with worsome. Continue. So what's like, as far as leading people of, because did you ever think like people like, they ain't gonna listen to me. They're the same age as me. Like, did you ever think like, no one's gonna listen to you. Nobody's going to take heed to your instruction or follow you as a person. You know what? I never did think about that. Hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I never thought about it, but I was also, with with me saying that like I was also always real reserved and I'm still kind of like that like I'm just kind of chill and Joby don't be telling the people don't be giving people the look now I am reserved reserved how Jamie I've never seen you not talk to anybody (laughs) Joby when I when I'm like when it's people that I don't really know then I'm not very talkative but when when I'm around people I know, then. when I'm when I'm around people I know that yeah I'm just of course I'm a be I'm just but anywho prior to you meeting me Joby, um, I was I was real reserved like I'd never seen myself like leading an organization like that or leading that many people because like when we first started we had so many people but a lot of people just wanted to get in for a t-shirt you know yep. me mm-hmm. I won't give nobody a t-shirt unless they was putting their work in you still owe me a t-shirt. I'm not gonna forget. Uh, you need to talk to Shalee about that at this point in time because <laughs> they're not gonna recreate those shirts. Well, I'll make it myself. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anywho, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I never see myself like that because I was like when I was in high school and stuff, like I was real shy. And like I was real reserved. Like I always had a lot of friends, but I was never like talkative or anything. Like the person that you see now, like that took a lot of growth and like just a lot of work. Cause mm-hmm. I was I I <clears throat> applaud myself so much because I'm like I've grown so much, and I'm like I don't recognize this person, but I'm glad that I'm at this place because I've done a lot of things that I didn't think I would do but being able to be in CLMC helped that because mm-hmm. I never thought that I would have been doing those, that kind of work and then just like having all of y'all there like we were at these events till like 2 or 3 in the morning <sighs> set up, break down, making sure these events was flowing but it was fun because like you also in the beginning like it was just a few of us before mm-hmm. we actually started the organization so we were still doing these things, Breeze, um the music in the breeze way like from 12 to 2 but then doing the organization it was like it was just fun for me to do and a, a big part is Shalee because she was always like trying to make sure that we were good leaders and trying to make sure that we were like doing what we needed to do mm-hmm. so 
As you're leading this organization, did we ever say what the organization was? Campus Life Marketing Committee. Okay. We're not going to do the chant. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> We're not. As you're leading this organization and you're finding yourself leading people amongst your age. Mm -hmm. So you got knuckleheads like myself, Charles, who else? Tyrell. I'm trying to think who else is giving you a hard time. OB. Broderick. Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I know there's times where you've gotten super upset and I'm like, dang, she really mad. And you've like, you would storm out of a meeting. <laughs> what? Because y'all kept laughing and joking. I know. Especially you. You was the ringleader. I was not. You really going to lie to these people? Jamie, I was the ringleader? Yes. How, Sway? Jovan, you was always laughing and kikiing on in the corner. I remember to 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 the right of me in that <laughs> corner. You was always over there kikiing it up, making jokes about stuff. So what brought you back though? Like when you would leave, like yo, because I never thought you were serious. The first time you said joke, I'm leaving. Y'all, if y'all don't stop talking, I'm gonna leave. You're like she ain't going nowhere. And you got up and left. And I was like, she really left. What's going through your mind as like coming <laughs> coming back? Because I know for me, like that, if I had to deal with people over and over like that, mm -hmm. I'm out. I honestly don't know. Like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what I was thinking in that moment, but it was just like <laughs> y'all was just doing too much. Like, you try to have this meeting, and y'all just kept laughing and joking. But I don't know what I was thinking in the in that moment when I left mm -hmm. and then for me to come back. I have no idea. I just know I did. <laughs> I like yeah, she she not coming back, y'all. It's over. We lost it. Maybe I just needed a break. Clearly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so now that we've gone through like college, you graduated, what was it like after college? I know for me. I got depressed after I graduated because mm -hmm. career just wasn't, I think for me, it just wasn't what I expected it to be mm -hmm. because I felt like, oh, I did all this work in college. It should be easy for me. When they see my resume, it should be easy for me to get a job. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts after graduating college as far as going into the career field as an adult now? Mm, I didn't know what I was going to do. Really? I, I didn't know because... I thought you'd had your life planned out, Jamie. Well, I did. Like, my plan... Like, I had <clears> wanted <throat> to be an elementary school teacher yeah. since third grade. Like, that was my thing. I was going to be a teacher. And then when that year got here, I was like, well, I don't know what is coming next. <laughs> but before I graduated, or it might have been... I don't know. It was sometime... Because I graduated in December 2010. Yeah. I don't know if this happened before I graduated or afterwards, but... The YMCA was hiring, and I ended up getting a job there. So, mm -hmm. I, and I don't know if it was somebody that connected with Shalee. I can't remember at this point in time, but I ended up started working for the YMCA, and so I didn't even really think about it, like because I mean I was still well, it was it was a part time gig, so I was doing that, and but I didn't really know what I was gonna do after that. I was like trying to figure it out like so how'd even... you find your way because <clears throat> like, how'd you find your way to say you know what this is the career path I want to take now, how long did it take you to kind of just get there and say yeah this is it 
So I was in Winston after I graduated and I was working and I'm not going to say that this is the career path that I see myself doing. Mm -hmm. But while I was there, I was very much interested in like the work that I was doing because I started off as a, uh, a counselor with the YMCA. And then like a few months later, I ended up becoming a site supervisor for one of the, the site that I was working for. Mm -hmm. And just it happened very abruptly. Like something happened with the the site supervisor that was there. She ended up quitting, and then the lady I was working with, she ain't know what to do. So I was trying to help her, and then I got interested in like nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And Salem College has like a I don't know if it's a certificate program or it's just a nonprofit program. And so with that, I was like, okay, well, I might be interested in taking some classes to kind of see just like the work that my my actual supervisor was doing and just kind of get more information because like we had volunteered with like nonprofits in the community and we had connections with them but I never really understood it because like when I was telling you before my friend's mom started the nonprofit mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it was a nonprofit until we got to college and then I kind of made those connections so I thought about that when I was at the Y and I started taking those classes. So me taking those classes, one of the ladies that we met at Hands On Northwest North Carolina, who was working with us doing the MLK reading day, yeah, she was an AmeriCorps member. And AmeriCorps- Oh yeah, you did do that. Yeah, AmeriCorps similar to the Peace Corps, mm -hmm. but instead of me going to another country, I stayed within the United States. And I started looking up the program to see like what did they have going on and I was like okay well this could be an option for me to just kind of see like what this was about because a lot of AmeriCorps members are working at nonprofits across the world so I was I think I might have been taking two classes at that point and I think near the end of the semester I ended up getting accepted into a program in South Carolina and so I was like okay I ain't got nothing to lose. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll go down there. So I moved to South Carolina for that year to do that program. Mm -hmm. And then that's just kind of where, like, me really understanding, like, that nonprofit that my mom's friend started. Uh, well, my friend's mom, my mom's friend. <laughs> my friend's mom started. That re that's when it really connected when I was doing that work down there mm -hmm. because um, I think we were probably like one of a big program. It was like about eight or nine of us in that um, program and we were all stationed at different sites. Mm -hmm. But I was the only one that was at two different sites. But they were kind of working together so it was kind of cool for me because they weren't far apart from each other. Gotcha. And so that's kind of where I really got interested in it and just kind of immerse myself in it and just kind of learn more about like what was going on and just all that stuff mm -hmm. so <clears throat> now that you've like been heavily in it for like what some years now of course mm -hmm. what why should we as adults volunteer it's the community that you live in like everybody does not have the resources that we may have right now like like i was saying like i'm from spring lake there's not a city bus that goes there so people that don't have cars they have no choice but to walk so like a nonprofit in that area that offers transportation will be very beneficial to them 
So it's like people are starting these nonprofits because there is a need in the community. Mm. And so whether or not you can, I always encourage people to volunteer because that's generally what a lot of nonprofits need. They just need people in place to help them offer the services. Because another thing, a lot of these nonprofits are led by black and brown people. And a lot of the funding and grants don't generally go to those um, organizations that are led by black and brown people. They're usually gone to white individuals who are leading these nonprofits, Mm -hmm. but they are serving black and brown communities. So it's like, hmm. And this is why when I was in AmeriCorps where I started noticing this and it started making sense to me because I'm like, I was generally the only black person in the room and they were making all these decisions for these individuals in this heavily populated black and brown community and these organizations were led by a lot of white people and i realized that a lot of i can see the distrust from those community members because people leading these organizations did not look like them Mm -hmm. and so if anybody has a chance to like be involved with a nonprofit, if you can volunteer your time do that like however you can because not everybody has the money um but if you do then that's always a plus because there's still a need like the pandemic really showed that there is a heavy need for certain services that is going on and it's just like people they're trying to live their lives like a, a lot of us have been have grown up in survival mode yeah a lot of us are still in survival mode mm-hmm. and a lot of these organizations are trying to provide that relief but a lot of them don't have a lot of funding, so it's like they're they're doing the best that they can do. A lot of these organizations are run by people on a volunteer basis, like the staff. I know a lot of organizations that have been around for about 10 plus years and they have not really gotten paid like as a full-time person because like they're trying to provide the service in the community, but the funding that they're needing is just, it's not easy for them to get. It's not very accessible. But with the pandemic, a lot more foundations are trying to do more with giving to black and brown led organizations. But it's just that people, sometimes we get so consumed and occupied in our own lives, we forget that it's a lot more that's going on in the community. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one reason why I, I try to stay connected in the community to know like different organizations so that if people want to, then I can kind of give them some idea of where they can go and what they can do. So now that you're on this path, right, and you're pretty much telling people, not telling people, but wanting people to get involved in the nonprofit arena, while you were in AmeriCorps and you were seeing these white people pretty much being the heads of these organizations with the money or leading these organizations, how did that make you feel for them coming to our communities doing what they do when it's not, when it should be us in a sense? Mm-hmm. It didn't leave me like with the like a good impression. Like mm. I always tell people, that was probably one of the worst experiences of my life. But I learned <laughs> so much in that experience, and I feel like it, it, it was an experience that had to happen. Gotcha. I had to be there to understand, to fully understand what was going on, and just to kind of see it. But I also really understand like the the need that is in different communities, like regardless of what is going on in these communities, regardless of whatever gentrification they're doing, of course they're still moving people out of these, out of their neighborhoods. 
And like, there are still things that are going. There are still kids who are not eating. There are still people that don't have jobs. Mm -hmm. And generally when they don't like people, a lot of people lack the basic needs. So they can't do a lot of, or it's difficult for them to do these things in their life because they don't even have the basic needs. And a lot of nonprofits are trying to provide those basic essentials and it's, but it's difficult for them to get funding from these different foundations because of course they got stipulations and certain things that you, um, you can only put the money towards. Um, a lot of them don't have the bandwidth or the people in place to help them follow through with the funding. So it's difficult. Yeah, gotcha. So now, how's life right now? Life is great. Why is it so great? Life is great. I was in a very bad place last year. Mm -hmm. uh, mentally, um, I was at a job that I was not enjoying. Uh, and just a lot of personal things were happening. And I just was in, not in a space that I liked. Mm -hmm. And so I took, I made a promise to myself and God that I would take this time, this was well, started at the beginning of this year, I would take this time to whatever I needed to do to work on myself and figure out what is it that I need to either change or I need to do differently mm -hmm. or just kind of find my find the joy in my life or the yeah. happiness and then just make those changes so that I can be in a better space. So what did you do to get in this better space? So at the beginning of the year, I said that I was going to make sure that I talked to God more. Okay. I realized that at the beginning of the year also that I had some abandonment issues. Mm. And the abandonment issues that I was having, I was also, I was also doing that to God. Like how mm. I was thinking that people were treating me, that's how I was treating God. Jamie's getting good now. Oh, <laughs> it's getting good? I did, I've never heard that before. Now you got me thinking about my life now. Like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I mean, I literally like I said I was going I was going to take some time to like really figure out some things with my life, and, and I and even like with the start of pandemic or all this other stuff, like I thoroughly enjoyed being at home doing nothing. Like <laughs> during the pandemic, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was okay mm -hmm. with not doing nothing at home. Uh, but it wasn't until this year I was like, okay, you know what? I got some work that I need to do, and I need to be serious about it. So I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna make sure that every day I talk to God, like, for real, for real. Because before, I would do it, but I would only do it when I needed something or I was going through something. So I didn't really mean it. I need five dollars real quick. <laughs> I'm going through a lot, God. I know I only come to you when I got something going on, yeah. but it's me again. <laughs> And so, but I was like, I'm going to be more intentional this year uh -huh. to do that. And so I said, I was going to do that at the beginning of the year. My, well, my goal was to start at the beginning of the year and go to my birthday. But I'm. So you're only going to talk to God to your birthday? No, this, this journey that I was on. Oh, I was, was kind of selfish. <laughs> no, it did sound like that. That's not what I meant. I <laughs> but the journey that I was on, like the work that I needed to do, mm -hmm. I was going to. Make I was gonna I wanted to give myself a goal mm -hmm. like I didn't want to say I was just gonna just do this forever because I wanted to make sure I was holding myself accountable so I wanted to say I was gonna do it to my birthday but the main thing I wanted to do was talk to God and during that time I also realized um, 
Well, actually, it wasn't during that at the beginning of January. So January, I was kind of going back and forth as far as when I was going to put my two weeks notice in for my job because I was over it. I was going to do it in December, but I decided I was going to wait till January. So I was still trying to figure some things out. And I also realized that I'm an overthinker. So I was I had all these things on my mind like I could I wasn't sleeping like it was just a lot going on. And so I was like, I have to figure out something. I have to figure out how I can change this so that I can be at peace inside so that I can sleep at night. Like, I like going to sleep. You know, I go to bed early, so I need to sleep through the night. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I will, I will figure out what it's going to do. The first thing was I was going to make sure that I was intentional mm-hmm. about talking to God in the morning and at night. Like, what were some of the intentions that you placed in your prayer time with God? Um, there was nothing like structured. Okay. Like I just was going to do it. Like whatever. Well, it's, there was no structure, but the main thing was being grateful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like having a, a, a heart of gratitude and then just go from there. Um, because I mean, we, we take a, we take for granted waking up every day. Absolutely. Like, death is inevitable. Like, we are going to all die one day, but it's like, you get up every day. Like, the least we can do is thank him for waking us up. Like, I won't even doing that. I was like, whoop, I'm going by my day. I'm doing <laughs> And like, and I realized that I also needed a better morning routine. Like, yeah. Because I was literally getting up right before it was time to get ready for work and then mm-hmm. be mad and frustrated all day doing work and be over it by the end of the day. So I was like, okay, I need to... Well, not at that point. In February, I started this 30-day affirmation challenge. Mm-hmm. And a part of that affirmation challenge, I realized that I needed to start and have a better morning routine. So with that, me talking to God in the morning, I was like, okay, well, me doing these affirmations mm-hmm. and then me doing yoga will be part of my day. So then that's kind of how I, I integrated that into my process because I was like, I don't like getting up feeling rushed. Like, I just want to be, I don't want to have to, like, do every five seconds and have all these thoughts in my mind of things that I need to do. Yeah. Of my to-do list, because my to-do list could probably be long, but I want it to be at peace, waking up in the morning, moving at my own pace, but making sure that I was intentional on how I started my day. Mm -hmm. And so that 30-day challenge helped me because... After I gave my notice at the end of January, the whole month of February, I wasn't working. Like, I had no plans. I ain't have no concrete plans. I mean, I kind of had an idea. I had some interviews and stuff lined up, but I didn't really have no plans. Like, I was like, all right, God, well, we're just going to do this and see how it works. And so I was just kind of winging life. Trust. <laughs> I, was, I was literally winging life. Like, I had no plan. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if I stayed in that, in that role, that I was not, it was not going to get any better. Yeah. Because I was definitely seeing that I was, like, like, I didn't like the person I was becoming. And I was like, this is not it. This mm-hmm. is not it. Mm-mm. I got I to go. And so I had no plan. But I started this 30-day affirmation challenge, and... Like, and I'm not really a morning person. Even though I go to bed early, I'm not a morning person. But for this affirmation challenge, like, we was up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We was doing this affirmation challenge. Yes. I was struggling. Every day? Every day. Including Sunday Saturday. Sunday. Yep. Including Saturday and Sunday for 30 days. We did it in February. And 
when I first started, I was struggling. Well, I, bet. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. But then I was like, but then after a few days, I was like, okay, I committed to myself and I said I was going to do this work. So whatever it takes, I need to do it. And doing that challenge, it helped me realize a lot of things. And that's when I realized that I had abandonment issues and I was treating God like I be thinking people treat me. Mm. I was treating him that way because I won't give him no attention. And I was only coming to him when I needed something and not just to say thank you. Like, you really got me questioning my relationship with God. That's real deep. It, it, it was deep. Yo, you should have seen me. I, was, I, I remember exactly what I was doing in uh, that moment. Yeah, well, let's talk about that moment where you realize, like, yo, God, you're part of my abandonment issues. Not like God's to blame, but more so you're treating God like you said. You treat God like how you felt other people would treat you. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the feeling when you recognize that? So I was sitting at my table, um, and I was I was reflecting on what we talked about mm-hmm. that day from the affirmation challenge. Because I I, I would do it because mind you I wasn't working. Now I was still doing like interview. Like God is awesome because I literally had interviews lined up almost every day of February, almost every day. I was exhausted, but I had interviews lined up and set up. And so, but after that time, like, they mentioned something about creating a routine for yourself in the morning. And I was like, I need to do that because I I don't like feeling rushed in the morning because that's what I was doing. Like, and I still like, like, I was working from home Mm -hmm. still because of the pandemic, but I was still waking up like five minutes, rolling over, like my laptop, rolling over, (laughs) logging in, checking my email. If I ain't have nothing, I'll probably go back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really, like, I didn't have no, like, routine, but uh-huh. I was like, but doing that challenge, they mentioned something about having a routine so that you can have a better start to your day. And I never mm. really thought about it, but I was like, okay, well, I'm up now. Like, I feel good to be up. Now, being up that early, I be I be feeling like I need a nap in yep. the middle of the day. Oh, like, for sure. Trust <laughs> I need me. a nap. <laughs> but I like the fact that I'm up to do this so yeah. that I can feel prepared for my day. And so um, doing that, that just kind of helped me. And then I was sitting there at the table, and I was just reflecting on what we talked about. And it just hit me. Like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I just feel like the breath was gone out of my body. Because I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I never really thought about it until, like, and when I when I realized that it was like at the beginning of January, because mm-hmm. I never really sat with myself. Like I I'm okay with being by myself. Yeah. Like I'm I love it. I do not. Because you lived just by after college since after college, right? Yeah. And so I'm I'm cool with it. But I've never taken time to really sit with myself and just kind of think about mm. like things that I've done or like things that I haven't done. So as I was sitting there, it just hit me. And I was like, ooh, Jamie, <laughs> you got to get it together. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, that's exactly what I'm doing. That is exactly what I'm doing. Like, and I just, I couldn't believe it because it's like, in that moment, it was just like, wow. But how I really mm-hmm. got to that, that point, I, I ended up going to this um, generational self-discovery class or it was a weekend and it was also something that he said that triggered that coming to me 
And I was like, ooh, goodness. I got to get my stuff together. Because I, I did not like that. I was like, mm-mm. Oh, no. Because, like, when I grew up, growing up, like, I wasn't, like, church was not something. Or going to church wasn't something that I had to do. Like, I was doing it because I felt like I was supposed to do it. But as I got older, I was like, why am I going like, mm-hmm. why am I really going? Like, I am I was going out of habit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to go if I'm going out of habit. Like, if I want to go, I want to go because I want to go. And I want to be there. And I'm fully present in the moment. And so, like, God has always been in my life. But it wasn't until this year where I was actually being very intentional about the relationship that I was having with him. And as I think about it back then, I was like, yeah, I got a relationship. Mm-mm, I did. I was just coming to him when I needed something mm-hmm. or when I was feeling like something was, wasn't going my way or things like that. But it wasn't until this year that I like really intentional about making sure that I talked to him every day and not just because I wanted something, but because I just wanted to be, I just, I was thankful mm-hmm. for just waking up or just being here or just the things that I have because everybody like, everybody doesn't have it. And so, that's just kind of how, that's kind of how that realization came. It just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, good God. Like, <laughs> Dang. Ooh. You kind of got me stuck a little bit. <laughs> I was stuck too, Joey. Because, <laughs> like, you saying that, it helps me, it doesn't help me. It, it takes me back, not even take me back, it takes me to my relationship with God. And I'm asking myself, am I being intentional or am I treating God how I feel like people are going to treat me? Like, that's that's a lot to sit with. Mm-hmm. Like, having to sit with that and then, especially because God do it. God be playing with us sometimes. <laughs> I feel like God be playing with us. Because God gets you, like, when you by yourself. Mm-hmm. When you really by yourself and when you really in this moment, that's when God will get you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's about to happen to me. It's about to happen to me. Ooh, it's coming. So when I call your phone, <laughs> and I might be crying, <laughs> just stuff us up. So you said, you mentioned abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel that stems from? Um, From my parents. Mm. In mm-hmm. what way? And I've had this conversation with my mom, which, like, oh, we're having these grown-up conversations. <laughs> they tough, ain't they? But, um, yeah. Because I, I never really thought about it until this year. And so, like, I told you, like, me growing up, like, my mom was at work at night and mm-hmm. I was at home during the day. And so, like, I was getting my brother ready for school. Like, my nickname that my mom calls me is Mommy. Because she said I'm just always kind of taking care of people, like like you said. And it stemmed from, like, me taking care of my brother, just being responsible at an early age Mm -hmm. and me realizing this now in my (laughs) adult age that I feel responsible all You you were parentified. (laughs) And so um, just kind of, like, her not being there, like, Mm -hmm. when I wanted her to be there, like, for, like, the show, the step shows or something that we would have or just kind of, like, anything else that was going on because she was going to work. But me just not realizing that she was doing what she needed to do, mm-hmm. like, for us to make sure that we had what we need. Not necessarily what we wanted, but what we needed. Yeah. And so, me realizing, like I said, that our parents are human. Like, they're going through their own things and trying to figure life out themselves. And so, it's like, we don't realize that. And, like, I didn't grow up with my dad. Like, I've maybe seen him, like, four times in my life. But, I mean... 
also at the beginning of this year I said I was gonna like and we don't have a bad relationship we just we just don't talk all the time but I said I was gonna and I think I I held I held on to a lot of that those feelings a long time because I'm like well wow because one thing that my mom did she never talked bad about him but she always made sure I called him or she always checked she was like did you call your dad or like she kept up with his birthday and I think that's probably why I keep up with y'all birthday Dang, because I suck at sending cards. I think, I, now, now that I'm saying that, I think that's probably why I keep up. But she always made sure that I call him, like, on his birthday or, like, the holiday. She would always be like, did you call your dad? And I was be like, well, I always got to call him. Why you can't call me? Like, yeah. I always would be thinking that. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay. But as I've gotten older, I'm just like, okay. Like, they, uh, they have had their own struggles in their life. And it, it hasn't been until recently where I've actually asked these questions about like how they grew up, which makes everything make sense now mm. because now I understand. And I'm like, but I had all these questions and I just kind of had all this. I think I had a little anger built up, like um, because like my dad was never there, but like he will all he always sends me a card for my birthday. Like if really? if he don't do nothing else, mm-hmm. he sends me a card on my birthday. And See, dad on always sends you a card. All, and you're always yep wow all the time like i don't remember i don't recall a day that he's missed like if if he don't send nothing else or mm-hmm. if i don't talk to him he always send me a card for my birthday and like we don't talk all the time but i've been i i have taken the initiative just a part of me growing and healing to just kind of talk to him or call him more to check up on him I mean, it, it's it's a lot more frequently than it was before. It might have been before. It's probably like every few months. Now I try to do it. I try at least do it twice a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to be more intentional about that too, because I'm like, he's getting older. Mm-hmm. Like it's my dad, regardless. Right. Like he didn't do anything bad to me. I just had certain feelings towards him, but a lot of what he was going through, like when he was like a younger adult, like that was his life like he was still trying to figure it out and then like me now being an adult and understanding like he had his own stuff yeah Yeah. he's trying to figure it out too like because i definitely ain't got life figured out now so i know he ain't had figured um life figured out then and then knowing that both of my parents like they lost a parent like when they were younger Mm. like life definitely was a little difficult so just making them more human Mm -hmm giving them more grace and just kind of not being like a brat about it like life like life is short yeah anything can happen and so i don't want to feel like i have any regrets but i also want to make sure that i'm putting forth my best effort so that i can be filled with joy and happiness because I can only control what I do. I can't control what anybody else does. Like, and that's one thing that I, that's another thing that I had to learn. Like, I can only control what I do. I can't control what somebody else does, what they say. Mm-hmm. I can't control any of that. Just what I do. So, coming to that conclusion as an adult, because that's one of the hardest conclusions to come to as an adult with your parents, mm-hmm. is the fact of them being doing the best they can do. I feel like. Do you, did you ever feel like they could have done any better before the realization of they done the best that they can do? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get past that part of it? 
I think what really helped me is when I went to the generational self-discovery class. Mm -hmm. Like, thinking of myself in their shoes. Gotcha. Like, the things that they went through Mm. and then them trying to combat that at this age but not having like the resources that we have now yeah, yeah, yeah. or just having those place those people in place to talk to and just kind of allowing them to be who they are and then not feeling like I need more from them because like people can only give you what they have at the capacity of what they have like mm. you can't force somebody to give you something that yeah. they don't have and it's like you can like i said you can only control what you can do so if it's something more that you want from them then you need to talk to them and let them know and also with me taking that class like i had some conversations with my mom that i never thought i would have like because one thing that they, they share with us in that class is a lot, about 90, 95% of the things that you learn is before the age of five. Mm. Or the things that impact your life happen at such an early age. And so we've never had those conversations about like me growing up bef- at that time. Um, because I can really only recall like when we moved to North Carolina. So anytime before that, I don't really yeah, remember that. Right, right. And so, and I didn't really think that like nothing traumatic happened to me or anything like that. It's just, I just don't recall it at all. And so those are just conversations that I had with my mom and my dad. And like, they were, they were open and honest with what they shared with me. So it's just like, dang, like they literally, they had a life, a whole life mm-hmm. before I was born. And like, they, experience some things and it's just like we don't realize that until we like have those conversations with them and we just allow them to be human as well and not think about them as our parents but just people too so how was it having that conversation before even having a conversation what was it like mustering up the courage to have that conversation because having a tough and brutal conversation with your parent it's got to be like the most nerve-wracking thing ever right Mm-hmm. So, what do you feel, like, how did you, like, encourage yourself to say, Mom, Dad, we need to sit down and have this conversation. We need to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you do that? Mm, I think it kind of happened um, during early in the pandemic um, because I was, uh, I don't know, I think I might have been trying to work on a family tree or something. I can't remember what it was. But I started asking my mom questions, like, about how she grew up. Like, because she, I realized, like, she never talked about it. Never. And so I was like, well, okay. Because by this time, like, we was, like, knee deep into the pandemic. And so I would go home to check on her because, like, she stayed by herself. So Mm. I just wanted to check up on her and just kind of visit her a little bit because, um, and just kind of be there, even though she was going to work. And I was working from home, so it was easy. And so I just started asking her questions, like, how did you grow up? Like, I'm just, I'm just asking questions. And so I think when I got to this next phase, like, I was comfortable with asking her stuff because she was like, she didn't really want to say, but she was like, well, I'm going to tell you. And so my dad, he is an open book. He be ready to talk about, <laughs> I am, like, so serious. He was so ready to tell me everything. I was like, okay. I'm glad you called me. <laughs> 
So he he was ready and like he was out in these streets when I was young. So he was doing all kind of stuff. So uh-huh. he was ready to tell me, and which I appreciated because I'm like, um, it's nice to know this, mm-hmm. like, because I mean, I, a lot of that like it didn't really affect me as uh like when i was younger younger um because i get whatever they were doing before i was born they stopped that when i came into the world but of course they had their own life like they was doing their own things before and so um they were young adults like we was doing crazy stuff when we was young adults some of us may still be doing crazy stuff every day look but that's just life and so it was not it wasn't a hard conversation but I can see how that can be hard for a lot of like people to have that conversation because of course a lot of our parents are not open to have those conversations yeah. now so it's like and as black people like what stays in the house like that's that's the rules like mm-hmm. we don't talk about this stuff outside the house right we don't bring it up if it happened and so i think a lot of people still are suppressed well our parents are still suppressing some things and so it's difficult to get like information out of them or just kind of these questions that we have going on so i can definitely see how it's difficult but now when i have question i'll be like mom i got a question and she'll be like what, she'll be like, what you want to know <laughs> so I, I just ask her like if it comes to my mind i just i just ask her mm, that's good so was there like a feeling of relief after having these conversations like some feeling of healing happening inside of you after just going to your parents and asking these questions that you have and getting the answers that you've always wanted to get and like what was that feeling after like these conversations Mm, it was a good feeling and i wouldn't necessarily necessarily say a lot of these questions like i've always had like Mm -hmm. they just kind of came to me recently yeah and so i was just like i just want to know and so um it just felt good to know that this was shared because now the things that I I may have noticed or the things that I I wish would have happened when I was a kid or like my mom I wish she would have said something to me or mm-hmm. gave me a certain piece of advice or something like that I understand why it didn't happen right or why it may not have happened now all that makes sense got you Jamie you're so interesting <laughs> Thank you. No, seriously. Because like it's like you have friends and you think you know them until you really sit down and have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to really interview all of my friends mm-hmm. because I really want to get to know y'all even more. Because yeah. I feel like we all know each other mm-hmm. on a surface or deeper than surface level depending upon the strength of our relationship. Yeah. But it's just I feel like me having a conversation with y'all really helps me to get to know y'all better and to how to really better love y'all and to communicate with y'all. Mm-hmm. Because... Y'all all know this. Like y'all, like were like my first, like really, like, yeah, second group of like solid friends. Mm-hmm. So my first college, I got my first group of solid friends. Then of course coming to Winston, like y'all really helped transform my life. Mm-hmm. And sitting down having these conversations with my friends is like the best thing ever. Like yeah. I have cool podcasts, and I don't take anything away from every episode I've done. But it's just it's cool to really sit and interview your friends that you know who mm-hmm. are like siblings to you. Yeah, like we've argued. Mm-hmm. We never got to a fight. Even though I think, were you plot with Jake, Tyrell, and uh, Raymond and Brogdon to fight to jump me? No, but I heard about that story. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a fight of that. I can't wait to sit down and talk to them. 
I just think it's so cool to like really sit and just talk. Like it's like it just helps you understand your friends. And mm -hmm. I'm saying this because like there's people out there who have friendships that they just don't go as deep as we do. Yeah. Like the fact that we have group meetups mm -hmm. almost every Wednesday. Something like that. Which, but it's still <laughs> yeah. good though because like it helps us hold ourselves accountable. It helps mm -hmm. us one find out what's the need of our friends because there's times yeah. where we could be going through something and life is just happening and we mm -hmm. don't know. And it's like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we don't know how to support each other. Yeah. And I definitely realized that too. Like, and I was, I was glad it was proposed, but every time y'all propose something, y'all always want me to do it. Cause you're the responsible person. So, yeah. So in the beginning, like I was going to be like, forget this. Cause y'all won't meet, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because I was like, okay, I'm going, I'm doing this journey for myself. But I was like, I feel like everybody else needs this. So I was like, I'm going to keep reminding them and I'm going to keep meeting even if I'm not there. Because I was like, everybody was not. And I think we all had been in a really rough place mm -hmm. in our life. Yeah. And we never sat down to like talk about stuff or just kind of like really figure out how we can help each other. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. Then I missed two times. I was like, God, I'm like, okay. I was like, God, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep having the meetings because somebody may need this. And I'm like, I like these things are just kind of happening in my life. Like, literally, I'm, I'm telling you, after all those interviews I had, I ended up getting two, two job offers. Like, things were just falling in place. And mm -hmm. I was like, I want abundance for all my friends. Like, I want everybody to be in this place of joy and happiness and get everything that they want yeah. everything that's in their heart's desire because we deserve it mm -hmm. and it's like we we hadn't really been having these conversations like a few of us like one off and stuff but yeah. never as a group right and so i was like okay i'm gonna keep doing it because we need to have it like we need the support regardless of what we're doing mm -hmm. because <clears throat> life is gonna life and we're not gonna like it all the time and we just need to make sure that we are in a place where when whatever it is that we're asking for comes that we are ready and prepared and the crazy thing is like since we've been doing it like really great things have been happening <coughs> excuse mm -hmm. me have been happening i don't know what's going on okay it's like something in my nasal <coughs> passage mm -mm. i don't know what that means but my allergies are just piling in the inhaler oh potent i know i gotta find my inhaler but um like great things have been happening mm -hmm. and had you had not started that i don't think i, I won't say i don't think it would happen i just think it wouldn't happen as fast as it's been happening mm -hmm. or we wouldn't really have it would have happened at some point in time but right. it wouldn't have got yeah, together right like, right quickly. and it just has us looking at life just totally different as individuals and mm -hmm. as a group mm -hmm. <clears throat> so i don't know we've been talking about this for the longest i'm gonna make it happen we need to have a group trip mm -hmm. a group cabin trip mm -hmm just like based upon surrounded upon of course the fun that we always have yeah but even just to celebrate ourselves as adults mm -hmm. i feel like we don't celebrate ourselves enough mm -hmm. you know we've yeah. turned up all together we've graduated together mm -hmm. we've you know traveled together but i just feel like i want really want everybody to come together and just really just be there to just celebrate each other yeah and i think that's important too and i think another thing that I try to always make sure that we do like even if we we haven't reached the big goals that we want like mm -hmm. what what small wins did, yeah. did you make because mm -hmm. it's like whatever steps we're taking whatever strides that we're making like it is gonna lead to whatever it is you're working on but I mean of course it only happens if you're gonna put some work into it mm -hmm. but still celebrate those things because we don't we don't take time 
life is life is happening and we don't take time to like be still or just kind of be in the moment that word again. and that's one thing that i'm i'm trying to also work on is being more present and being more in the moment like if something is happening like it's it's a good thing like it's mm-hmm. it's working with us like everybody deserves to win let's celebrate everybody let's celebrate all of those small wins because they will become big wins. Mm-hmm. We just got to make sure that we are putting forth that work and that effort, but we still are supporting each other. And one thing that my holistic doctor told me, she was like, if you have your friends, like use your friends because they are there supporting you. So just use them. And so I, I love the people that I have in my life. I love my friends. Like we have a good time, but it's like everybody brings something different and it's always something that's needed. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, Jamie, thank you. You're welcome. For carving up the time for me. Of course. Thank you for being open and transparent and vulnerable. I saw you was going to cry and I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do a quick commercial real quick, and then I want you to close us out with a word of wisdom. Let people know where they can find you and all that you have going on. Okay. All right. So this episode is sponsored by the Emboldened Institute. It's the only space that I know that is sending out daily messages of hope and encouragement. You in my text community? Yes, they be on point. Yes. I, I save Thank it as you. yes, God, in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so when it come up, I be like, yes, God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, but that's funny. <laughs> All right, that's new. All right, let me get together. So, the only place I know to send out daily messages of hope, encouragement, and affirmation. And the reason I do this is because it helps me. One, it keeps me responsible, it keeps me um, encouraged as well because I have them texting myself too. Mm-hmm. Because you never know what words you need in that time and moment in your life. So text me 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. You can text me the word heal or you can text the word affirmation. Or you can text me both, but you have to do them separately back to back so you can get on both lists. We send these messages out 10 a.m. EST every day, Sunday through Sunday. Text me, join the club. Um, it's really fun. and I'm really loving the response that I'm getting from people. And it's not a response to that. It's like, oh, I just want people to just, just heal. It's just the fact that they're doing things on their own and they're going through this journey alone. But it's also they're going through it with, together in a sense. So text me 404-476-6780. Text me with the word heal or affirmation. Jamie, close this out. I think the words of wisdom that I want to share is be gentle with yourself. We are going through life and life is passing us by and sometimes we're not enjoying those moments so being gentle being present uh, whether that's with friends family yourself but being present so that you can understand and just kind of sit with the things that are going on with your life so that you can grow and just be open to abundance enjoy and just Seek the happiness that you want. That was good. I like the whole gent- be gentle with yourself. Thanks. I'd yeah. be hard on myself all the yeah. time. Yeah, we can be real tough on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
we and we also put sometimes I've noticed well not I've sometimes but I noticed that I put a timeline on myself and do certain things yeah and so it's just like it's okay if I don't reach that timeline like that is one of my goals but if I don't reach it tomorrow like I'm still doing the work mm-hmm. so I'm gonna celebrate that and when I get there it's gonna be a real big celebrate and if y'all want to know who's somebody who wants to celebrate Jamie's it Jamie's the celebration partner she lets you know three months in advance when her birthday's coming up yep two months and then one month and then seven days ahead of time and I've been sending Jamie this car for five years and I finally sent it I thought oh. I sent you like I you sent you five, five cars. cars yep to make up for every year I missed let, I, let me just tell the people what I send my friends birthday cards every year <laughs> Jovan has been holding my birthday cards hostage for five years <laughs> I received all five of those cards last year. I'm very appreciative. And every year going forward, <laughs> I really want to be like you and send out cards to my friends. I just it's it's just a way. I loved it when my grandmother sent it, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it more when my dad sent it. But I also want people to realize that, like, we made it another year. Like, we are here celebrating another. Like, if you don't get nothing else for your birthday, like, I'm going to send you a birthday card. I'm about to do this. If you don't have nothing, if nobody tells you happy birthday or nobody gives you anything, I'm going to celebrate you. I can always expect, I got to give a new address. (laughs) I can always expect a card from you and my mother. I know for sure every year. Y'all, the two people sending me a card. I started look the phone calls and the text and of course the Instagram mm-hmm. stuff. But the cards are cool, and I have every card. Oh, it's hard to throw that stuff type of stuff away. I have awards from when I was a kid, cards, report cards. Mm-hmm. I finally got the unction, the strength to actually throw in my yearbooks. Because mm. I didn't have to. Like, it's just yeah, I'm real stuff. sentimental. I keep stuff like that, dude. I think it might be my but. parents' house though. I just didn't want to take one because it was heavy. Mm-hmm. But Jamie, let, let people know where they can find you. And uh, oh, you ain't talking about purpose solutions. I can still talk about that too. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I can be found on Instagram at Jamie for now, J A M I E, the number four, and now. Um, I also have a business called Purpose Solutions where I provide consultation services for individuals who are looking to start a nonprofit or if they're looking to kind of revamp their volunteer programs, because that is one program a lot of nonprofits or organizations don't put a lot of energy into. And that's one of the most important programs that they have. And so being able to help organizations provide those solutions so that they can continue to get volunteers that they need and get the support they need, that's something that I offer with that. and on Facebook, I'm Jamie Tindall, J-A-M-I-E-T-I-N-D-A-L. And I think that's it. Appreciate you, Pimp. Thanks. <laughs> this was fun. This was fun. Mm-hmm. I know you better now. <laughs> and I'm sending you a car every birthday. <laughs> yes. I hope I get on time this time. Was the last one last year? Wait, wait, wait. Um, it was in July. It wasn't on the birthday? It was not on the birthday. It was in July, though. I gotta do better. This year you gonna have it. Alright. You have it early, but you just can't open it. Y'all heard him say that. You will. I'm gonna send you as soon as I get home. (laughs) Right in the back. Do not open until (laughs) July 11th. That's crazy. You enjoy the same birthday. 
Yeah. I want to plan a big trip next year. Well, then we do that big trip next year. Dang. Joey, you ain't planning nothing. You will, but still. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are reading up. All right, y'all. That's another episode. We are out. Peace. Peace.